All right, today is September 25th, 2022, and we're at lesson four in our early human history study in Genesis, and today's lesson has to do with getting ready for the flood to come and how that human sinfulness increases. So we've taken prayer requests, and I'm going to ask Brother Mickey to go ahead and lead us in prayer, if he would. Heavenly Father, we are thankful, dear God, for this day. We're thankful for your blessings and your watch care over us, bringing us to this time where we can come together, Lord, and look into your word and hear and learn more about you and what our situations are in life. Father, today there are many needs within our body of believers. Heavenly Father, we lift them up to you today. Thank you for ministering to Mary Alice and Dennis, Heavenly Father, for a new home. I know that it is stressful, Lord, any time we have to move from one place to another. But I know, Heavenly Father, your hand is upon them. Guide them and direct them. Strengthen them, O oh God, Lord, and help them to realize that there is a place there just as it was in Dallas to serve you and to know that you are leading God guiding in their lives. We continue to lift up Betty Moody unto you today, Father, and ask for your strengthening hand and your anointing spirit, Lord, as she goes through this chemo. Heavenly Father, we know that you are the great physician that healeth all of our diseases. We pray today, Heavenly Father, that you would continue to touch and to continue to minister into her body, mind, and spirit. Heavenly Father, may she be comforted in knowing that you are with her to guide her and strengthen her through these days. Father, we thank you for those that are not here. We ask you to be with them as they travel. Lord, be with Theta and Robert. Lord, we ask your hand to rest upon them. Give them strength and comfort, Lord, in this time. Father, around the world today, and especially in the United States, it seems like the enemy is at uh, charge with the swords open to do anything and cut asunder your body of believers. Father, today we ask you to give us strength, energy, and encouragement, O oh God, Lord, to stand firm in these days, Lord, against the enemies that would come against us. Lift us up and help us to see you and know you as a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship. Lord, we thank you for this class. We thank you, Lord, for Brother Philip. We ask you to be with him this morning as he ministers through your word. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your love for us and your strength. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. We're real happy to have uh, Seth with us today. Hope he'll enjoy the class. Uh, I haven't been feeling too good here lately. As a matter of fact, I was in the hospital for a few days this month on the 11th, 12th, and 13th. So uh, I probably missed some things that I needed to point out. And one of the things I definitely wanted to point out is in the third chapter of Genesis is where we have the first promise of redemption. And when he said in verse 15, I will put enmity between these, when he was speaking to Eve, I mean to the serpent, sorry, <laughs> because it says, and the woman, that wouldn't make sense, uh, and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So this is the first promise of a redeemer that will come to bruise the head of that serpent. Uh, 
but he said the serpent will bruise the heel of this redeemer and we know that's what happened at Calvary that the Lord defeated Satan there at Calvary on the head but Satan did bruise his heel definitely with that spike going through both heels and uh, so uh, also it mentioned the fact of the seed of woman if you notice and so really that's speaking of the virgin birth because everyone has been born of the seed of Adam whereas Christ wasn't born of the seed of Adam he was born of the virgin birth the seed of the woman and I was surprised the quarterly did not point that out they just said that between Eve's descendants and the serpent's descendants but uh, uh, it's I'm surprised they didn't bring out the fact about the virgin birth there and then in the fourth chapter of course we're introduced to the uh, ones that came on the scene first after Adam and Eve we have Cain and we have Abel and uh, Cain and Abel were both brothers some say they might have been twins it doesn't say it because it just said that Adam uh, had relations with his wife of course and she conceived and bare a son and she said I have gotten a man from the Lord she thought that was the Redeemer <laughs> but she was so off on that interpretation and so then it said and again she bare his brother Abel and so it could have been twins is what some believe uh, because it seems right away she bore Abel and so they were both about the same age anyway and uh, it says in the process of time which means years have passed it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord and Abel he brought of the first of his flock and uh, the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect because Cain's offering had to do with kind of like what works is you want to do works for your salvation and we can't be saved by works so God doesn't have any respect on anyone trying to be saved through works. It's through the blood. And, and so it was a bloodless offering that Cain brought, where Abel brought the, the lamb or, or the first of his flock anyway, which seems to indicate probably a lamb. Because it also represented, of course, later on, when God would send his son the lamb of god to take away the sins of the world so they were to offer a lamb also uh, going back again to genesis 3 if you remember adam and eve were both naked and they tried to sew leaf fig leaves together to cover their nakedness again it was an attempt of of, of doing their own atonement and salvation but it said that god had to
instead sacrifice some lambs or, or animals anyway to give them coats of skin to cover them. And uh, we, we can't be covered by our good works, our works. We have to be covered by the lamb. And uh, so this was a, a type of atonement, definitely. And they, they probably passed that on, I'm sure, to their sons, both Cain and Abel, that the way to come to God is through a blood sacrifice. And uh, of course, Cain wanted to do his own thing. And so he, I'm sure he brought a beautiful fruit basket. You can see beautiful fruit baskets, you know, but it was bloodless. And uh, it was also from the ground, which had been cursed. So he, he brought her the curse, really, in his offering. And, and so anyway, uh, they have a discussion between God and Cain and he, he said, you can be accepted as well, just, just do what you're supposed to do, you know, bring the proper offering, a blood offering. And uh, so I don't know where that was in Cain's head when, when he talked his brother Abel into going in the field and, and he sacrificed his brother instead of an animal. And uh, because it said that he killed him, so it was the first murder that happened. And so Abel didn't have any descendants. He was cut off by his own brother, Cain. And uh, they were of marrying age. They weren't young. And, uh, but he was cut off. And then we have an, another son being born, which is Seth. I was telling Seth we're going to study about him some today <laughs> because, or the namesake anyway, because it said that uh, the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth, well, uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm not used to this Bible. Adam knew his wife and she again bare a son after Cain had killed Abel. And uh, she said she'd call him Seth, for God s said she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. So, so she knew what happened to Abel, that, that Cain had uh, killed him. And, of course, Cain had to flee from there and... Uh, he said, anyone that sees me is going to kill me when they find out what I did to my brother. And, and God said, well, I'll put a mark on you that if anyone touches you, they will be avenged or revenged seven times. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Cain was spared from uh, someone killing him by that mark. And uh, later on, we know a descendant of Cain was Lamech, and he also killed someone. And uh, uh, it might have been self-defense, we don't know. But anyway, he said, if Cain is avenged seven times, I'll be avenged 70 times seven. 
And that's an interesting number because when Peter asked Jesus, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus said, I say not seven times, but 70 times seven, which is what Lamech said about how that God would protect him uh, 70 times seven. So anyway, we have a line that comes now from Seth that becomes more of a godly line because after Seth came on the scene, it, it said that uh, they begin to call on the name of the Lord, if you notice on, in verse 26 of the, of the fourth chapter, to Seth, to him, and also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos, and men began to call upon the name of the Lord. So they look at, at Seth's line as more of a godly line than uh, Cain, of course. Of course, Abel was the righteous one. And Jesus said from, from righteous Abel unto Zechariah or something, you know, uh, all this blood that has been shed uh, as they have been martyrs for the Lord. And of course, when Cain killed Abel, God asked him where his brother was. He said, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? For the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. So blood can cry out to God. And those that shed innocent blood definitely cries out to God for revenge as we read in Revelation, those that were under the altar, that they said, how long, how long before you avenge our blood that was shed? So uh, uh, when Jesus' blood, though, was shed, it didn't cry out for revenge. It cried out forgiveness. And uh, so, but there is a voice in blood. And uh, so anyway, we read then in the fifth chapter that uh, this is the book of generations of Adam to the day that God created him in the likeness of God. He made him, and it gives the age of Adam. And verse 3, Adam lived 130 years, and he begat a son in his own likeness, and that's when he called the name Seth. And the days of Adam, after he begets Set, were 800 years. So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years before he died. So if you get to find a timeline on some of these dates and days, you'll find that Adam was still alive when Methuselah was here. Is that what you were going to point out? No, I was going to say Adam was 130 when he had Seth. Had Seth, yeah. And honestly, I'm thinking that when Adam and Eve got together, they were cranking out kids. I'd say mm -hmm. by the time Seth was born, he had 100 siblings. Yeah, so yeah. I'm figuring she's yeah. right. Every nine, nine or seven. <laughs> right. There was no law against incest back then, and so uh, they had to they had to marry in the family 
at the beginning there because everyone says, well, where did Cain get his wife, you know? Well, that's why, because like he said, they, were, they had many children besides those, but uh, they wanted to point out the line of Seth there that is a uh, godly line. And uh, so when it said all the days of Adam were 930 years, and then he died. Perry Stone points out the fact that God told Adam, if you eat of this and the day you eat of it, you'll die. Well, with God, a day is a thousand years. So Adam actually died before he reached a thousand years. As a matter of fact, no one has reached a thousand years in biblical times. Um, the old, the the one who was the oldest was Methuselah, and he, he lived to be a 969 years age. So he had many, many, many birthdays. <laughs> and, and since they lived so long, they did be able to uh, progenerate and have other, a lot of children. And uh, so the population was growing real fast on the earth. And uh, Abel might have. We're not sure on that because they were both marrying of age, um, but we're not told whether Abel had any children. Uh, but they could. He could have. Uh, so. term in the process of time because right. time was ticking by and a lot of the years were going by uh, so anyway we come to uh, the uh, in the fifth chapter in Seth's line we find that he had a, a son uh, named Enoch and uh, Enoch lived 65 years, and he beget uh, Methuselah. And so Enoch walked with God, and as far as we know, Methuselah probably walked with God too, since, since Enoch had this uh, son, Methuselah. He walked with God after he beget Methuselah 300 years, and he had then sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 160 and five years, 300, sorry, three, like I said, this is a smaller print Bible than I'm used to, uh, 365 years that he uh, walked with God. And uh, so, it wasn't just he walked with him a few days and God took him, but he walked with him 365 years. And that's an interesting number because there's 365 days in a year uh, on our calendars. And so if Enoch could walk with God 365 years, we should be able to walk with God 365 days. <coughs> but anyway, he walked with God. And he's referred to 
in the uh, in Hebrews as well of his faith and and how that God translated him is what Hebrews tells us because it just tells us there in Genesis that he just was not for God took him but it was a translation or a rapture is what happened so God has tested out the rapture in several people and Enoch was one of the first ones and so Enoch is really a type of the bride of Christ that will be raptured before the tribulation as Enoch was raptured before the judgment of the flood so anyway uh, and then it tells about how long Methuselah lived of course and he was the person that has lived the longest that we have record of uh, and Noah himself was 500 years old when he had sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth and then we know that even them Shem, Ham, and Japheth had wives and so they were able to go into the ark uh, with their wives <coughs> which made eight souls total all right so now we come to our lesson today about how human sinfulness increases in key verses 6 5 where it says God saw that the wickedness of man wickedness a man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually they didn't even have x-rated movies and and all of the things we have now to, to that will affect thoughts <coughs> and it said that they were evil continually and our central truth is God is merciful all right but he's persistent I mean if persistent sinning keeps on it will invite his judgment so this is why we need to really pray for America because we have turned our back on the Lord as a nation and we have promoted all these x-rated movies and and um, pornography and all these things that that affects the imagination and thoughts of the heart to be evil continually Jesus said as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be when I return so when we see these things happening it shouldn't depress us but instead make us look up and rejoice for our redemption draws nigh as Jesus said when you see these things happening lift up your heads and rejoice for your redemption draws nigh God is good he showers the people he created with both physical and spiritual blessings <coughs> but when human beings do not respond to his kindness by living a life that honors him he'll bring judgment and because of his grace he may give people a period of time within limits before sending judgment as he did in Noah's lifetime because we know it took Noah at least 100 years maybe 120 since he does mention that figure his days shall be 120 uh, 
years, but my spirit will not always strive with man. And so every person does have limits based on their priorities and values. God's limits reflect his holiness and the need for people to treat him as holy. The grace of God that brings conviction for sin is one of his greatest gifts to us. By speaking to people's hearts, revealing their sin, their need for salvation, he opens up the opportunity to begin a relationship with him that will last a lifetime. Sin, of course, began in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's simple command. They only had one commandment. They didn't have ten. They only had one commandment. Leave that tree of knowledge of good and evil alone. And uh, they couldn't even keep that commandment. So it says that um, their descendants were born into the same state of living apart from God. They demonstrated their sinful drive in their words, attitudes, and actions. God would judge them for turning away from him, but would use one person, Noah, to preserve a remnant of human and animal life on the ark. And so we passed out uh, these diagrams of the ark that he tells Noah to build this ark. And of course, as someone, I think Sherry was pointing out, it's uh, in the King James, it's all in cubits. And so we don't usually use cubits these days. It's kind of like the metro system. Me metro? Yeah. Metric. metric. There we go. I can't figure out the metric system either, and so I'm glad we haven't gone into the metric uh, system here in America. But there was a, a time when they were thinking about doing it. But anyway, you see, yeah, they do in some things on the computers and things. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, some do still use it, but. Normally, we'd, we're, we're, we're thinking more of inches and feet instead of the metric. And so it, it breaks it down for you in the feet there and how that uh, it illustrates the fact that it was as long as the football field, which is 300 feet, because the ark was 450 feet wide, I mean not wide, long, and then there was uh, 75 feet for the width, which they show could be for two school buses, and also the volume, it says it, it was enough for 570 railroad stock cars. You've seen those stock cars. And so that, that's interesting how that it, it breaks down about dimensions there, and how that there was plenty room on the ark for anybody that wanted to get in. And the same way, with Calvary, there's always room at the cross if they'll come to the cross. But, but how many have rejected the cross just as yeah. they rejected going into the ark? But God has provided an ark of safety. And Jimmy Swigert sings a beautiful song, Come Into the Ark, because he says there's a storm called God's Judgment Day, and we need to come in while the door is open because... We're told, you know, when we'll, we'll be studying this next week more about Noah's Ark, 
how that uh, after everyone was in, God shut the door. And when God shuts the door, no man can open it. And I'm sure Noah would have loved to have opened it when they were begging him to open the door, but he couldn't open it because God had shut him in. God shut the door. And it would be up to God to open the door after the flood. But the, the way it was built was interesting because it was made of wood that would uh, float. It wasn't made of sailboat. It was made of float boat. <laughs> <coughs> and so it was all in, in the hand of God how it would float and where it would end up. So anyway, we know we're out of time, but uh, we'll get into that uh, next Sunday, hopefully. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have provided a way of salvation through the cross. And help us, Lord, in following you and, and, and uh, inviting others, Lord, even as I'm sure Noah did, to come into the ark of safety. But most people, they want to do their own thing and, and uh, are not interested but we pray that the Spirit of God will deal with hearts because you said my spirit will not always strive with man. And Lord, we thank you that the Spirit will strive and will uh, convict people. And we pray even today in this service to follow that the conviction of the Holy Spirit will be there to draw people to you, to the ark of safety that is you, Lord. And we thank you for it and bless our, our service today. Anoint every part of it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We're just five minutes over.